Thanks for tuning in to Timberlake's Message Podcast. Taking your next right step doesn't have to be live on the weekend. It can be right now. So whether you're checking this message out for the first time or you're just looking for a weekday refresher, we hope you can apply to your life these practical teachings and through that, come closer to God. To find your next right step, check out the connection card at timberlakechurch.com slash connection card or find it on the Timberlake Church app. Enjoy the message. morning. How are you doing this morning? Good. Uh, that was such a great video the team put together. In fact, I was looking at it so intently, I almost forgot to get up here. Uh, but I am here. I'm Ben. I'm the lead pastor. want to welcome those watching online, our other locations as well. It has been a great morning here at Timberlake. It's been great to see so many people, even our nine o'clock service. Uh, and I know some of you uh, don't know what nine o'clock is, let alone a nine o'clock service. But uh, it, it was full of people today. And it's been interesting as we see what God is doing as we move forward. Part of that is to understand positionally where we are. Now, if you're here and you say, Ben, I'm not quite there as a Jesus follower yet, this is uh, gonna be great for you to observe today, but this is primarily for those of us who've crossed the line of faith. I think you're gonna get a lot out of it, though. Uh, the series is called Hashtag Blessed. As we are, uh, by the way, very popular uh, hashtag, uh, hundreds of millions of people on Instagram and Twitter, 10.5 billion, billion references on TikTok. I know some of you haven't seen my TikTok videos, they're amazing. Yeah, no, it, it, you don't know what TikTok is or you would really be laughing. Uh, but no, it, it really is interesting uh, as we consider uh, how we're blessed and then what to do about that. How would we respond uh, in our lives? Uh, how are we going to respond to the blessings of God and be open to more of that? Well, uh, today we're going to talk about how uh, God blesses us in a financial perspective. And I think this is great, by the way, if you haven't been at church for a while, because there's so much bad teaching around this. Uh, I think uh, we're going to get really right in uh, to the Bible. And I know many of you already, you know, that's an area where you're dialed in. Uh, others of you uh, talking about money makes you uncomfortable. And so to break the ice, when you turn the person next to you and tell them how much you make before and after taxes. Uh, yeah, uh, if you did that, that's weird, and we're no weird stuff. Uh, I'm just having a little bit of fun. So I haven't been traveling a lot this fall, uh, so I got back on a plane again. And uh, as I did, uh, it's a little more crowded, uh, I've noticed. Uh, and it was, it was a difficult experience. I was on a plane that was about five hours late, most of that on a tarmac. I was stuck on a plane. But don't worry, I had a very luxurious center seat in coach uh, between, and I'm not small, but between two people who are a lot larger than I am. And so, hey, that was just exactly where I wanted to be for nine and a half hours. Uh, so I'm there, and, and I also had a conversation had a conversation with a guy, uh, and, and it was interesting. He was talking about, you know, uh, being retired and uh, talking about money, 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 money. The funny thing is people say, I don't like to talk about money. That's not true. Uh, you do. You may not like to talk about it in church, but everybody likes to talk about money. 
So uh, whether it's, you know, you're a shopper, uh, any of you uh, gonna do, now I do most of my shopping online. Any of you still, you know, go out to stores Black Friday, that kind of thing? Okay, none of you would admit to that. Because uh, you know, uh, it's, and maybe you're not doing that anymore. Uh, but, but it's sort of interesting. Uh, we talk about that. I always ask my wife, hey, how much did that cost? And she says, 40% off. <laughs> and which for, used to str- frustrate me, it still does. And now I have the spiritual gift of keeping my mouth shut. And uh, so that's why we've been married for almost 30 years. So, uh, but, you know, we always talk about money. This guy's talking about money. I was retired. Hell, he goes, man, yeah, and I got this home. He says, actually, I sort of took advantage of the people when I bought it. And I'm like, oh, way to go, sinner. Anyway, uh, and, and he said, yeah, I got a great deal on it. And I'm living the dream uh, in my dream home. It's about 20 miles outside of Quincy. And I'm like, dude, you need better dreams. Uh, 20 miles outside of Quincy is nowhere. Uh, and, and anyway, he was talking about his life out there, how he's struggling honestly with purpose and all of that. Um, and then he finally asked me some questions about myself. Hey, what do, what do you do? And I, I was tempted to say, I sell timeshares or something like that. Uh, by the way, if you're a timeshare salesman, you can accept Jesus at the end of the service. Uh, but there, so so we, I, I said, no, I'm a, I'm a pastor. And he goes, oh, and I knew, oh, uh, and he goes, well, I'm not very religious. I said, me neither. Uh, and, uh, and then so, so we, we, we talked about that. He said, I didn't grow up with any of that. I said, I didn't either, like literally never, not Christmas, not Easter, not ever. And I started telling my story, which made him very, very uncomfortable. Uh, and then I, I said, well, uh, he said, well, you know, I have a, a daughter, you know, she's a Christian. And I said, well, how's her life working out? He goes, actually, she's one who's doing best in the whole family. And I said, oh, you, maybe something you should consider. And he goes, no, you know, those televangelists. And I go, well, what about those televangelists? He goes, well, you know, all they're out for is your money. I said, oh, have you had a bad experience? Have you given any money? No, I've never given any money. I said, oh, that seems to have affected you greatly. <laughs> I didn't say that to him, but I wanted to. Uh, and he goes, yeah, you know, you pastors are just in it for the money. And I'm like, dude, I would not be sitting in the center seat in coach, <laughs> you know. If, if I wanted to make a lot of money, I would have become a swimsuit model or something. You know, and he, uh, <laughs> that, get that thought out of your mind. Get that thought out of your mind. You're going to have to go to a new church if you, if you really. But anyway, so I'm having a little bit of fun with him. And it's interesting, uh, one, honestly, how unhappy he was, although he had achieved what he wanted, uh, literally. And I did feel bad for him there. But he couldn't believe God would be the answer. So he was pursuing things and it just, anyway. See, here's what happens to us sometimes. We have a concept of what we want. And even with God, how it has to be delivered to us. Do you know that? Your process is awesome, but God is not committed to your process. That sometimes God will work counterintuitively to bring you to the place that you've always wanted to be, but you never thought you could get to. And are you open to that? Or or does God have to fit into your box? If you do, you're never going to have that great of a life with Christ. You might be a Christian, but when I understand that, that who God is and how he operates in my life, it changes everything. Yes, that has to do with maybe, as we talk about money today, it could be provision. Maybe you're struggling. 
And by the way, if you're struggling and you're part of the church, you have a church family, let us know. We, we, we can't just intuit your problems. But a good church come around you. Now, if you say, yeah, I'm really struggling, man. I need some help buying that Tesla. Well, struggle some more. <laughs> but I'm, uh, and I'm not against if you have a Tesla. In fact, I, I do think they're sort of evil. You should get rid of it. I'll take it. The, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm, seriously, we, we need to deal with, because it's so much bigger than that. So much bigger than how much you have or don't have. It's really a lordship issue. And I would say, and, and I'll get this with people. Well, you know, I don't, not talk about money. Money and your sex life, those are the two big ones. If God doesn't have any access in those areas, the rest of it's really neat, but not gonna be transformational. And so come back in February, we'll talk about sex too. Uh, now, now, I haven't talked about money and resources. We're almost two years. And obviously we've been in a pandemic and uh, we manage our money well at Timberlake um, and, and so we don't do the whole manipulation thing. Hey, give money because we're bad with it. You know, that, uh, in fact, I was listening to sermons on giving. I was trying to steal a good illustration. There were none out there. And it sort of, here, here's what it was. is like, even in church, I hear, you know, money is bad, so give it all to the church. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, that, that just doesn't make sense. There's a misunderstanding from a scriptural, biblical perspective. And so I, if this is uncomfortable for you, that's okay. God has you here to at least get a good perspective from, from the scriptures, not my opinion, but what does the Bible say and how you can step into it, or you can just choose to go your own way. Again, your choice, no pressure here. We're not a guilt manipulation. But we do believe what Jesus said, John 10, 10, you will know the truth and truth will set you free if you step into it. So there's really four what I call theologies around money. And you can be an atheist. You can be here, I'm an atheist or a Buddhist or Muslim, whatever. You still have a theology around money. One is what I call the poverty gospel. Uh, by the way, if you were raised in church, some of you like really, now I wasn't raised in church and it was the idea as the less I have, the more holy I am. Or if I have stuff, I must be bad. That is actually, fits in wonderfully with Buddhism, but does not fit well with Christianity. Christianity says whatever I have, no matter how much or how little, it's a blessing from God. And, and so there's this idea of, you know, if I have less, I'm more holy. Sometimes, no, that's not true. Maybe you have bad circumstances. Maybe you're not good with money. Uh, and, and by the way, don't be ashamed of that. I hear this all the time. I'm just not good with money. And I'm like, well, stop being bad with money. You can, you can be better. You don't have to believe into that. I mean, my family was horrible with money. I mean, we were bad. By the way, when you're Jewish, it's embarrassing. There's an expectation uh, that there is of my people. Uh, <laughs> and, but my family was horrible with money and decided to live differently when it came around it. We haven't always had a lot. I haven't always had a, a sugar mama who works at Microsoft. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> the, uh, uh, but, but, you know, we've learned how, how to deal with money. So there's this poverty gospel, and I think in the church, uh, a lot of people buy into it, very un- and anti-biblical. And then there's another uh, theology. Uh, it's what I would call the prosperity gospel. And this is the idea, and by the way, this one's 95% true. Uh, there's the idea is that if, if I follow Jesus, life will be better. And that's usually true. It's just not always money. 
In fact, missiologists would call this uh, introduction of the gospel and lift. In communities where, where people really come to follow Jesus, you do see a little bit of a lift financially in a lifestyle just because people are operating on biblical principles. It doesn't mean God owes you anything. It's sort of, you know, this theology is make Jesus your choice and you'll have a Rolls Royce, you know? And that's not really what we believe around here. See, sometimes God will bless me and it has nothing to do with money. I don't give to get I give to be faithful. And then the third gospel is God is not involved. And I would say a lot of Christians, this is where we are, hey man, you know, there, there's God and then there's money and they're different. No, that's, that's platonic dualism is really what you're into back into Greek philosophy. We believe that everything in our life, whether our physical life, our material life, our relationships, how we deal with anything in our life is all uniquely uh, centered in what God has given us and how we respond to God. It says in Psalm 53, 1, the fool says in their heart, there is no God. And of course, I'm gonna recommend a fourth different, what I call gospel. It's a little churchy term, but it's all I could come up with, is the kingdom gospel. And this is really important when it comes to how I live life and, and how I use my resources, is that there's God's kingdom and God's kingdom is really important and a kingdom has a king. And so when Jesus is Lord, then that affects every aspect of our life. Now, the Apostle Paul, who we're gonna look at today, I'm gonna only preach one chapter in the Bible and I'm really gonna just go through this chapter. And I think this will be very helpful. Uh, and, and by the way, who I'm primarily speaking to are those of you, you've been a believer, and actually maybe you even get this area right in your life when it comes to finances and generosity. Because that's who the Apostle Paul was writing to. Others of you say, oh, I feel so guilty. Don't feel guilty. Don't feel manipulated. By the way, we see this all the time. It's not just, you know, churches can manipulate uh, but my best example of manipulation is the SPCA commercial. Sarah McLaughlin comes on. I mean, you talk about manipulation hardcore. Uh, and it works. I send the checks, you know. Uh, some of you actually are manipulated at work because they're like, I have to give to this because there's an expectation. It has nothing to do. It's just pure manipulation. And manipulation is not from God. We see it all the time now in the secular world. And certainly it's been in the Christian world as well. I, I've, you know, and I'm not saying it's manipulation, but during the pandemic, which uh, has only been going on, what now, 20, 30 years, uh, is, you know, there's like, hey, and we've seen this before, give a lot of money or, or, or you know, the church is gonna shut down. If you, I've been here 13 and a half years. You've never heard that once from me. And when I started, there was no church in worse financial shape uh, then Timberlake 13 and a half years ago. And we're not now, so part of that, you know, that's why they hired a Jewish pastor. <laughs> no, uh, but serious, I'm just, I'm just teasing. Uh, but uh, I, first month here, had to take a pay cut. We couldn't, I mean, just all the, I, I just said, I never want people to respond that way. I always want it to be biblical teaching and that's what we're gonna do. And by the way, this is portable. If you don't like this message, it's okay. Go to another church, but apply it 100%. 100%. This is a Bible. If you're a follower of Christ, you really should do this. So uh, the Apostle Paul 
is writing to a group of people who are getting it right. And this is what he says. There is no need for me to write about this, about this service, and this is giving, to the Lord's people, for I know your eagerness to help. And I have been boasting about it to the Macedonians, telling them uh, that since last year, you and Acacia were ready to give and your enthusiasm has stirred them to action. Now, check this out. This was actually a special offering. We're not doing a special offering today. I I, I wouldn't do that in the context of teaching about generosity. Uh, I I really want you to be able to respond. And we do, well, might have special offerings someday. We don't do a lot of those. We just take the resources you give, and that's how we fund missions. That's how we fund really everything here at the church. Uh, but it's a special offering, and they were already giving, and this was over and above. And so you see this. These people are really generous. So what do we learn about people who get it right? Well, we learn a lot in this passage is, number one, people who get it right will need to be encouraged and challenged. Even if you're following God in this area of your life, you'll need to be encouraged, because here's the truth. Even though uh, most of you, honestly, especially if you're working, you are better off financially than you were 18 months ago vast majority of you are, and you've been, you've been uh, blessed, especially if you work anywhere in the tech space. But some of you are saying, no, I'm not. I've talked to friends who've owned restaurants, who've had to shut them down, uh, who've worked in, in some of the industries where it's been more difficult. And, and, and in that, I just want you to hear this, is that God has not forgotten about you. It's not that God's not going to be involved in this area of your life. There's a pandemic, and, and there's a way out of it for you. Maybe you need to, to, to get some new skills and Financial Peace University is a big thing around here. So many people have gone through that. Maybe it's just a circumstance and you need people who will pray with you every day. Maybe it's a, a desperate need and you need a church that'll come behind you and help you during the season. So, so here's, here's where the Apostle Paul is talking to a group of people who who needed to be more encouraged and challenged a little bit. But he says, but I am sending uh, the brothers in order that are boasting about you in this matter should not prove hollow, but that you may be ready, as I said, you would be. And he, so he's talking about they were gonna give a gift. And then uh, part of this is number two, understand generosity principles. Uh, they're universal. In fact, uh, maybe you're more a spiritual person and not a Christian, and you'd follow like Oprah or uh, uh, Robert Kiyosaki, actually, uh, great books on finances. I don't know if he's Christian either. It doesn't maybe seem so. He maybe could be. I don't know. Uh, but they even see that value in that generosity. You certainly see it in the Bible. It says, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you, now check this out, each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give. And next week I'm gonna talk uh, more broadly about just our heart. Uh, Because that's where all this starts. Now, by the way, you won't be generous if it ends in your heart. You need disciplines as well, but certainly our heart. And and he goes, uh, not reluctantly saying, don't be stingy or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And this is, part of this is we learn, number three, to leverage their resources. That's what they learn. This is where we say, God, thank you for what you've given me, uh, but how do I put this to work. 1 Corinthians 9, 12, it says, yes, you will uh, be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. 
and through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Some of you are saying, hey man, this has been a really good year. I feel like, why have I been blessed? And the Bible would say, so you could be a blessing to others. And uh, the evaluation is, how am I doing in that? Again, don't feel guilt about what you haven't done. That's not gonna help anyone. It's gonna actually paralyze you. But also don't delay what you should do. Uh, Here's something I've used before. This has been helpful for me. It's the idea of of a giving ladder, is that we find our place to start. In fact, we have a card, and I'm gonna encourage you to turn one in today. And and by the way, there's not, like there's no gotcha. It's not like, hey, turn this in, and we're gonna run a credit check, and we want your W-2s as well. Uh, This is just sort of like, hey, how can we encourage you? Uh, And you say, what's my step? Maybe to be a first-time giver. Maybe I've never done that. And and we'll just send you an email out and encourage you in that. Uh, Or maybe intentional giver. The Bible actually talks more about first than amount. Is that? And I encourage, if you're a believer, like I said, even if you go to another church, by the way, you should give it the church you go to. Uh, and, And even all your first giving should be in the place you worship. So if you're visiting from out of town, uh, you should give there. Unless you're going to write like a seven-figure check, then check, then maybe here's okay. Uh, but, uh, but seriously, you give primarily where you worship. Bible says if you're controlling your giving, that's not biblical obedience. So uh, you need to be someplace you trust and the money's spent well. So you, you go intentional. And then there's percentage. This is talking about the tithe where you give the first 10% of your income to the Lord. Now, some of you have heard about that. Many are saying, man, I'm challenged, or uh, I don't believe in that. Well, the Bible does talk about that as the standard. I'm not going to argue with you. I don't want to argue with anyone. I just want to present what the Scripture says. My wife and I, uh, in fact, I, I began tithing not too long after I became a Christian, got out of the habit. By the way, a lot during the pandemic, some of you got out of the habit at church, and I get it, uh, or tithing, and, and just get back in the habit. And my wife and I have done that. Now, I'll tell you what, it's been difficult at times. I remember when we were supporting our family on $27,000 a year. Uh, and that is not a lot of money, even wasn't, uh, you know, 20 years ago. But we always put God first. And then there's uh, the uh, extravagant giver. This is I give beyond my tithe. And many of you do this, and I certainly do. My wife and I, uh, every end of year, we do that. We give a special gift uh, to the church. And it's just that we want to invest in what God's doing and his kingdom. John Rockefeller, who was a Christ follower, uh, one of the first billionaires, was asked, was it hard to tithe on your first million dollars? Because he's a Christian. He goes, no, it was hard when I made five bucks a week. And so we all start somewhere. And then number four, we experience God's provision. Uh, and, and in this, we understand that God will provide for us. Here's what we read in, in uh, first, or Second Corinthians 9. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things at all times, you will have all that you need. You will abound in every good work. See, some of you maybe are, maybe you're doing great. You're like, you put God first in your giving, you're tight, you're doing all that but you've stopped believing that God can provide in areas where you need that. And I don't know how he's going to provide. You know, we we had, our kids went to college and uh, we had to pay that tuition. We didn't have all that money laying around the house. Uh, And we weren't, just because of being in ministry all these years, we weren't able to save, but God provided. God provided through extra work and other things. 
And, and we were shocked, but we knew that we could trust him. It says this, now he who supplies uh, seed to the sower and bread for the food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. Now this is of course in agrarian terms. Many of us don't have garages full of seed, uh, but we do have resources God gives us. And the, the fifth thing that people who get it right know is that they'll meet real needs. Um, and in fact, if we can go through these scriptures, let's just go through them back to back. It says, the service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, uh, this service is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Uh, now, here's what I wanna do. I wanna give you a little bit of a church moment. So we've been all through COVID. We haven't talked about uh, you know, finances or money a lot during this whole period of time. And so I want to give you a brief update in where we're at. Well, it's interesting that through all the changes, we've always budgeted conservatively. We do that. We, keep, we had to spend a ton of money when COVID hit on new equipment, on the drive-in service, on all of that. Uh, but we did that out of our reserves because you've been faithful, and we, we always do that. During COVID, we were able to uh, make steps forward. We've been able to invest in our seventh church plant in the Seattle region, which is pretty remarkable. Uh, that will be launching uh, this next year. We were able to start a young adults, young marrieds ministry, uh, hire a pastor to lead that. We were able to fulfill our, our commitments, renovations to uh, the different campuses where we own buildings, uh, here in this, you know, the new stage and the auditorium you're enjoying in the Redmond campus and lobby, the new roof, that was a, a crazy expense, wasn't it? A little uh, over and above so it wouldn't leak. Uh, and accessibility, uh, building, uh, we, we weren't quite able to put in the elevator but put in all the infrastructure so that eventually we'll have an elevator in this building and create handicap accessibility. And you've done that and that's made a huge difference. We've taken on some new mission partners in this season as well. Uh, now, what are we doing in the future? Well, we're doing ministries we've continued to do. We've seen like even today, we've had uh, three pretty full worship services on a Redmond campus on Sunday morning. People are coming back. God is doing amazing things. Uh, online, you're still our largest group of people, which is crazy, and we're investing there. Uh, we're exploring uh, alternatives for schools. We know that many of you are like, hey, you know, you're in public education, we cheer you on. Some of you are saying, hey, we want something different and we're gonna be investing towards that end this year. Uh, we're hiring a pastor for youth and family in crisis. It has broken my heart more than anything else to see families and especially students struggle. Uh, and we believe that God has called us to be part of the answer to that in this region. We want to invest and make sure that families who are struggling do not struggle alone. And that leads to number six, is that, that when we serve God together, when we say, Lord, you have my heart, my hands, my resources, we really make a difference. In 1 Corinthians, uh, or 2 Corinthians 9.13, it says this, because of the service by which you've proved will praise God. 
And the truth is, as we've seen this last year, uh, so many more people baptized than ever, more people joined the church, our mission partners together, is we know this is possible because uh, you, many of you said, okay, this is it. I'm going to take that step. And I encourage you, if there's a next step in that area, you take it. Maybe today you just needed to be encouraged and you'll receive that encouragement. Maybe you need support and now you'll have the courage to say, I need some help. Well, in terms of people who get it right, I love hearing the stories and I want you to hear one of those right now. Take a look at this. Hi, I'm Brittany and this is Matt and we've been coming to Timberlake for about six years. When we first moved to the Seattle area, we were looking for a service and Timberlake came up and we decided that we would give it a try. It turned out it was during the time of Super Bowl season and the Patriots deflate gate. I totally got thrown a deflated football from Pastor Ben. And then the pastor was like, how long have you been coming? And we were like, this is our first visit. And he was like, oh, well then I guess we're not gonna see you again. Um, yeah, we did come back again and again. Oh, yeah. It just Oh, so welcoming. We had our eyes closed and we weren't, um, we weren't being very good stewards of our money. We were just spending like you're supposed to, right? Like people tell you, buy the things and have the stuff and your life will be happy. And um, we had a, a daughter, you know, a little girl and we weren't happy and we were buying the stuff. Something was wrong. I mentioned to a friend at a growth group that was for married couples. I mentioned we were kind of um, stressed about money and she said, I've got a book for you to read. So she gave us Extreme Money Makeover and I read it and I cried. And then I, I called Matt while he was at work and I said, we've got to talk when you get home. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to talk about our finances. And I did our budget and then I cried and then I shared the numbers um, and sort of there was that hopeless panic. Um, like, what are we gonna do? Like, I don't know how to make this work. So we sort of split it up into these parts. So, you know, by the time we moved and by the time we started getting out of the hole, we were just focused on these smaller ones because we couldn't, we couldn't look at the bigger one. It was, it was just incomprehensible. We thought there would be no way we would ever get out of debt. We just thought we would live with these loans, we'd retire, and we'd just keep making the monthly payment. Like, that's where we thought we were going to be. There's a lot of challenges and stress and emotions during our eight-year journey. There were definitely a lot of discussions where we had to either take something away or change something, and it wasn't comfortable. And, you know, we had to talk and pray and fight about it and eventually come to an agreement. And she came and talked to me about tithing, and I about flipped out that we needed to use that money to pay our bills. And I, we were already making so many sacrifices that I, I was ready to fight for it. And, but, you know, we talked and we prayed and like just tithing and putting our faith and everything has been such a blessing. Eight years ago, we were at the bottom. Um, we were not happy. We didn't have a great marriage. We didn't know where to go. We, we were in debt. We were struggling. We felt hopeless. But today we are debt-free, we have community, we've got a great church, we have God in the middle of our marriage, 
Our family couldn't be happier and we're excited to live and give generously. We're excited for the next step. And none of that would be possible without Jesus in the center of it. Can we thank Matt and Brittany? Can we do that? Well, as we close the service today, uh, I don't know where uh, this message, that testimony, our time to get today hits you, but I, I pray no matter what it is, maybe you just need encourage. You say, you know, uh, I've been living life trying to put God first, and it's not always easy. I want to let you know that what the Bible says is true. You're making a difference. And I want to thank you for this season as you're at, at Timberlake that you're making a difference right here. And I believe as we head in the, the year end that, that God is going to do great things. Maybe you need to be challenged. Maybe you're like, okay, I know there's a next step. I've been, you know, thinking about it, but I have, and, and, and that challenge, that's a good thing because God wants us to grow. But, or maybe you're here and it, it, you say, Ben, I'm not so much, it, that part is interesting, but I'm, I'm really unsure about Jesus. And the real reason that you're here is not to figure out how God provides in financially or how you're generous, but it's how you get right with him, how you enter that relationship. And if there's a want to, to have Jesus center of your life, to, have, to hear stories like that and have that be your story, as Matt said, it all begins with Jesus. Will you pray with me? Lord, I thank you for each and every person here, each and every person in this room. God, I thank you that uh, as we come to you, uh, God, and we receive this encouragement, God, that we know that we can have peace and joy because our life is not just about us. It's about you and your kingdom. Lord, for my friends, and this was a challenging today. God, I pray that would not produce guilt or a sense of obligation, but there would be a transformation as we say, Lord, I'm going to follow you. Lord, I'm going to take that step. God, I pray for my friends who are here and uh, they're unsure where they're at with you. If that's you, you know, you can be sure. It, it comes when you say, I receive Jesus in my life as the leader of my life, the forgiver of my sins. And I, I want, I'm going to say a prayer. I'm going to say it out loud. You say it silently. You can take that step in this moment. You pray something like this. God, I invite you into my life. I need forgiveness for my sin and I receive what Jesus has done on the cross for me that he paid the price for me and I accept you as the leader and Lord of my life. Lord, where I've had idols in my life, other things that I've really lived for, God, I wanna live for you. And the Bible says when we pray that prayer, something like it, that God is with us in this life and the next. You'll experience God who not only is with you, but is for you in every way. The scripture says that as we make that decision, although it's personal, it's never meant to be private. And so here's what I want to give you a chance to do. Every eye closed, head bowed, even online, you're, you're there. Uh, and you want to acknowledge I take that step. We're not going to have you come forward. For our online community, you could just press the raise hand button. Let, let the campus pastor say, yeah, I, I took that step to follow Jesus. 
here in the room, you, with everyone's eyes closed and head bowed, if you prayed that prayer, would you just simply look up at me, let your eyes meet mine? I'm gonna look at my right and, and your left. That's great. Anyone else? All right. And in the center section, you'd say, that's my step today. All right, amen. That's great. Awesome. In the balcony as well. And over on my left, you, it just is an acknowledgement. Just, you're saying, I'm being bold. That's great. Way to go. Lord, I thank you that we can come to you. God, I thank you that you are in the business of life change. Lord, I pray for my friends who, when it came to their faith, when it came to their finances, they entered here discouraged. And God, I pray we would be encouraged that you are our provider in every way. And God, for those of us who are wondering what's next, God, that you would use our, our energy, our relationships, our resources for a kingdom difference. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message podcast. If you'd like to watch the video version of this, visit our online campus at online.timberlakechurch.com, which is live Sundays at 9, 10, 15, 11, 30, and 5 p.m. Pacific time. And don't forget to check out our app for a one-stop solution for all things Timberlake. Thanks again, and I hope to see you this weekend.